Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. I'm going to talk to you this morning about my anointing. Can you, can you look at somebody and say, my anointing? About a year ago, <clears throat> 10 months ago, I spoke on the anointing. And I'm going to speak on, on it again today, but in a different setting, in a different context. So we talked about the anointing oil and how that represents what it represents in our life almost a year ago. Today, we're going to take it more personal and look at several points. I don't know how far. I know I'll be speaking on it next week, too. Uh, I don't know how far I'll get today without uh, running out of time this morning. But let me start by asking you a question. <clears throat> Some of you, it's going to be a no-brainer. Some of you may not. I don't know. But do you know that you can be anointed? And I'm going to explain what that really is here in a second. But do you know you could be set aside by God, called to carry forth a specific, very uh, potent power, effectiveness uh, that God has for you. Not only that, do you also know that you, you are called to, you are purposed with a very special anointing. It's not just for pastors or people who fulfill the five offices that we find uh, in the New Testament, the five offices of ministry. It's not just people who serves within a, a church capacity. It's not speak someone who's just been, you know, had a moment with God where God said, ah, oh, you are called and all the angels kind of rejoiced. Nothing like that. The anointing of God is for every single child of God. And every single child of God has a unique, special anointing, just like you and I have unique fingerprints. They're all different. Our fingerprints are different. Our characteristics are different. Our looks are different. God has made each and every one of us just a bit different. Than one another and it's the same that applies with God's anointing for our lives God has a special anointing for each and every child that has been adopted or born into his bloodline there's a problem that you can find within the church and it's people uh, missing out on the spirit in their lives so the Spirit of God is willing. The Bible says the flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. So the Holy Ghost uh, in our life can provide so many experiences, uh, can uh, allow us to walk in a supernatural power, can yield divine wisdom, knowledge, understanding, can help us through life decisions from the minute decisions that one makes on a daily basis to the 
to the giant grand decisions that can alter uh, one's life or future. Uh, a lot of people in my experience have missed out on the Spirit of God moving in their life. Now, there can be multiple reasons for this, but today I'm just going to highlight one reason, and it's the reason associated with the anointing on their or our life. If someone does not realize that they are called to be anointed by God, and second of all, if someone doesn't realize the special anointing that God has for them, they can completely miss out on a special and unique move of the Spirit of God in their life. And let me back that up with a, a verse here in Isaiah 61. Now, it's, it's, this verse, first of, first of all, comes to us from the prophecy of Isaiah. And Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus right here. But, but if you jump uh, a couple thousand years uh, later, and maybe not that far, but quite a few years later, you'll come to Jesus actually preaching this or teaching this uh, for his very first message. It was his coming out message in the temple. And he was reading it uh, concerning himself. But it says this, and it, uh, we're just going to look at the first two lines, but I want to read it uh, uh, in all of its context. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Can you say upon me? Because. Can you say because? The Lord has anointed me. Let's say, say that phrase with me two times. Because the Lord has anointed me. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Because the Lord has anointed me. Let me read it again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Let me finish it. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives or the bound. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now, th th this goes on to, to, to tell more of what Jesus was going to be coming to do. But there's a point that I'm wanting you to realize. First of all, let's look at the latter half of the verse. The latter half, half of the verse gives us some purpose. Gives us some work that Jesus was going to accomplish. But then the first part of the verse gives us the how Jesus was going to accomplish what he was called to accomplish. And it's because the Spirit was upon him. We have three things here. We have the Spirit was upon Jesus for a specific reason. Because God anointed Jesus to do the things that we just read that he would do. Heal set free and opening up of prisons for people to, uh, to become free. So we see that the Spirit was upon him because God anointed him. Now, if you don't know that you can be anointed, and if you don't know what you are anointed for, that special, unique anointing in your life, then guess what is going to happen? This first part... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. 
is going to be an empty blank in your life because the Spirit of God comes upon what God anoints. And if you don't know your anointing, then you are going to miss experience, opportunity, power, and a very unique way that God can use you to do a grand work in, in this life. If you want unique experiences with the Holy Ghost, then you and I have to tap into our anointing, period. Doesn't mean you won't ever be touched by the Holy Ghost. It don't mean the Holy Ghost won't ever lead you to do something. It don't mean that if you come to church, you won't feel the Holy Ghost. You know, that's all very generalized stuff. Everybody and their mama that calls themselves a Christian can have an experience with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about going deeper this morning. You need more than just a little touch from the Holy Ghost. You need more than just a little word from the Holy Ghost. You need more than just a little bit of chicken skin and a little bit of feel goods and a little bit of shout or a little bit of laid out in the Holy Ghost. You need to go deep in the Holy Ghost. And the only way you're going to go deep in the Holy Ghost is unless you know, realize, embrace, and seek the anointing that God has called you to. Point blank. The Spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. So there is a connection between your power, your spiritual power. It can even uh, linger into talents. There is a connection between your spiritual power slash calling and the anointing. To repeat myself again, the Spirit comes upon what God anoints. So what does the word anoint really mean? Well, if you jump into to the word itself and look at the definition, in a very simple form, it means to smear or to rub with oil. It also means to consecrate, consecrate excuse me. So if you look at the Old Testament, the things that God set aside for specific tasks, it was people and it was things, would always be anointed. In other words, there was a special oil called the anointing oil. It's actually called the holy anointing oil. So there was a special oil called the holy anointing oil. And the people and the things that God designated for a specific purpose would be anointed with this oil. It would be smeared or it would be rubbed upon them. And them or the thing would there, therefore be consecrated to this specific service, this specific job, or this specific calling for their life. Now, I'll... Let's look at it this way, and I really like, I like this thought and this idea. When you rub oil on yourself, what happens? It gets inside of your bloodstream, right? When you begin to put oil, it, just, it, it, it doesn't just stay on your, on, on your skin. You're not just a slick monkey after you put oil on. It absorbs into your skin, and through your skin, it gets inside your bloodline. So the idea of the holy anointing oil 
being poured upon someone's skin gives the idea that God was not just changing the outside of who they were by the anointing, but God was literally transforming the inside of them so that the outside of them can be used for the consecrated service. So in other words, when God anoints you for something, it goes inside of you again I can't tell you exactly where it's at in the Bible. I forget. The Bible says that the, re- that, that the callings of God go without repentance. In other words, what God puts inside of your bloodline through his holy anointing oil cannot be retrieved from you, cannot be taken away from you, because once God calls you into something and once God anoints you into something, it becomes a part of your very essence your very being, your very DNA. And what comes out of you is a very natural sense of power, a very natural sense of gifting, a very natural sense of an ability that God has anointed you for. It gets inside of you. Now, there is a difference, and we're going to talk about it in a few moments, when God just anoints you for a specific task for for a a temporary set of time. But I am talking about right now the true, specific, God-created, God-called anointing that God has for your life. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I'm not saying this because I think I do good at it, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am called to, to release, to preach a message from God himself. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it's one of the most natural things that just comes to me. And I've said this plenty of times. I'm just going to say it again. You get me in the middle of a conversation, and it is not very natural. I have a very hard time expressing my thoughts expressing my emotions. My words just don't come together. I might stutter a little bit. I might look at you like you're a little bit crazy, but in all reality, I'm just trying to think what I should say to you. You might say something to me and I'd be like, and I'm just trying to think about it. But I guarantee you this, when I step outside that door and I step up to this pulpit, something clicks inside of me. Something changes inside of me. It just happens. Why? Because God has anointed me. And what's coming out of me is this natural power, this natural ability that is not based off Jonathan Rhodes' talent, but is based off the fact that God has anointed me to preach when I was 17 years old. And I started preaching when I was 17 years old. And for the first time in my life, I stood up. I was nervous. My knees were shaking. And my very first word to the congregation was, hey. Literally, they all laughed at me because I just said, hey. But I opened the Bible and out of nowhere, stuff began to come. And for my very first message, I preached 45 minutes and I spoke like it was nothing. Why? Because God had anointed me to preach the gospel and it was coming out of my DNA. It was going beyond my nature, coming out of my spirit. And God is not a respecter of people. And he anointed me to preach, but he's anointed you to to work business. He's anointed you to teach. He's anointed you to witness. He's anointed you to play music and he's anointed some of you to preach as well do you get what I'm saying this morning 
And I've experienced the most power of God's Spirit when I am releasing a message. Sometimes in my past, I've released a message through music, and I've experienced the power of God. Uh, I moved to that. I've uh, released a message through what I'm doing right now, or I've released a message on one-on-one. It's anointing coming out of just someone who has said, send me, God, I'll go. So I get back to the point, do you know, do you realize, are you willing to learn, and are you willing to seek out what God has anointed you for? What do you do naturally? What just comes out of you natural? Because there is an anointing that is applicable to what comes out of you naturally. And then there's an anointing that is applicable that what, uh, for what comes out of you supernaturally. I am naturally creative. I can look at things, I can think about things, and all of a sudden my mind goes into a natural, goes into a very natural creative state. That's why I can sit down. Have you guys ever heard her, I said this to Jacob the other night, have you guys ever heard the little country phrase, three chords and a truth? Country music, down to its essence, is three chords and the truth. Blues music, down to its essence, is three chords and the truth. Sit me down with the guitar. Give me three chords. I'll be happier if you gave me four chords because I like minors. And out of nowhere, what begins to happen in me is that my creative gene just starts ticking, just starts working. And it is a natural ability. It is what God has enabled me to do naturally. And I have experienced God, even though it has not been my primary calling, it has been a secondary or an accessory thing in my life. And I have experienced God use me to lead people into the presence. I have stood before people with the guitar, and I have prophesied to people with the guitar in my hand before. And God has anointed me based off my natural ability. But then, just like I said a minute ago, we come into the supernatural ability, and that is me preaching, and that's my primary calling. And I hope you don't mind. I'm just using myself as an example because I know me better than I know anybody out here. But the same way with you, What do you do that's natural? What just comes out of you? Craftiness? Mechanical stuff? Dealing with people in a unique way? Administration? Because what comes out of you naturally is important like what comes out of you spiritually. And God will anoint, he will empower, he will consecrate whatever you do naturally to minister, to bless, to change lives. If you allow that to be used by God. When I was 16 years old, that's when I really started doodling with the guitar. I started playing, messing with music when I was about 12 or 13 actually, but when it comes to the guitar, I was about 16, maybe 15, something like that. And we drove me, I was in the car with my mom, and we drove up past the club. And some of my friends had played in that club. And I looked at that club, and I said, Mom, I want to play there. And she looked at me, and she said, Boy, 
I'm going to pray that you never, ever are able to play the guitar if you want to play in a club for the devil. I never, ever told her again that I want to play in a club. I had a choice. I had a choice in my life to use this natural ability for something. I'm not saying, oh, that's all bad. You shouldn't do that. Each to their own. I'm not saying that. But that, that was not what I was called to do. I had a choice to use my natural ability for something that was not according to what God had called me to do. With your natural ability, you can use it for, just, just say, provision, career, job, hobby, whatever the case might be. Or you can take it as well, along with using it for whatever you use it over here for and say that, God, use my talent, use my ability, use my business, use my mechanical mind, use my craftiness, use my, uh, my artistic ability, use it for your glory, and God will anoint that. And you will experience the Spirit moving through you in a very powerful way because you've taken something that you just naturally have and you said, God, anoint it and use it in whatever way you need. But to experience a supernatural or a more spiritual sense of God's anointing, you got to dig into God. And you have to say yes to whatever he's calling you into. Let me give you a couple of examples. Man, I've already been preaching almost. David, perfect example. David was in the field, tending to some sheep. Samuel came to Jesse, David's dad, and was like, hey, I need all your sons. God has called one of your sons to be a king, and he's going to be anointed today. All the sons except for David was, 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 was brought to the prophet. The prophet went through each one of them like, no, 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 no. And he was like, Jesse, God sent me here to anoint one of your sons as a king. Do you have any more boys? Because these, these ain't it. And Jesse's like, well, I got the runt. I got the little one. I got the ruddy one. He's out in the field taking care of my sheep. Samuel's like, go get him. When, you're, when you are in the field and God calls you via his word, a prophet, a preacher, or some other experience, if you really want to be anointed by God, you got to be willing to drop whatever you're doing, leave the field, and go into the presence of the Lord. You have to leave the field. If you don't leave the field... You will never receive that special anointing that God has called you to. It's not to say your field is not important. It's not to say you don't like it. And it's not to say that you won't ever go back to it. Who's to say? Except God. But I will tell you this. If you want a supernatural calling from God, 
you got to be willing to leave the field when he calls you out of the field. Second point to that is you got to be willing to do mundane tasks just simply because you're a servant of the Lord and you've been asked to. Again, David, by his father, Jesse called him in. He said, David, your brothers, they're in a battle. I just want you to take some bread and I want you to take some cheese. We don't know what was going on through his father's brain. We don't know what was going on through David. If David had an expectation of anything to happen other than the fact that he was to take bread and cheese to his brothers in battle. Mundane, very average, nothing special. But yet we know David was willing to do whatever he was asked to do. David took the bread and cheese. He went to the camp of of the Israelites. When he arrived into the camp, he walked up onto a scene where the Israelite soldiers was backed up on a hillside, scared to death of their enemy, who was Goliath, that was actually in the valley. Ooh. You know, sometimes we don't kill giants because we're too scared to go into a valley. We like to be comfortable. We like to feel good. We like the safety of a hillside because when you're on a hillside, you can see everything. But when you get down in the valley, you can't see everything. And a valley in Scripture is a sign of of trial, tribulation, persecution, death, change, transformation, and the list goes on. Sometimes we just want to stay comfortable by just coming to church on Sundays, paying our tithe a little bit, doing a good little Christian duty, but yet not being willy, willing, not being willing. Yeah, you don't need to be nearly willing. <laughs> coming off the hillside into the valley and facing a giant that someone that you might need to face. That's just a freebie right there. But David went to the battleground, went to the camp with bread and cheese. But what happened is he was given the opportunity to exercise his faith and exercise his anointing when he faced Goliath and he killed him and he cut his head off. And he set himself up to become a part of the king's family because David received uh, King Saul's daughter as a wife. It positioned him to be uh, in the kingdom and positioned him to be the king that he truly was anointed for. See, it's the mundane task that the Bible teaches. Do not despise small starts. Don't get upset if you're asked to sweep the floor, to take out the trash, to tend to kids. They're not a small feat anyway. They're actually one of my favorite types of people to minister to. But nonetheless, don't be afraid to embrace whatever God puts in your lap, no matter how small or how big. Because if you are anointed, God is going to make a way for you to be in a position for that anointing to surface and the Spirit of God to come up on you with power. And you will be placed in the position, or you, you will be positioned to be where God is calling you to be. Amen? So let's look at this. Uh, empowered to do. 
The anointing enables us to do what we can't do on our own. So Zechariah, uh, Zechariah 4, 6 through 7 says this, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Okay, let me read that again. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Zerubbabel had a giant task. He was given the task, he was given the call to rebuild the foundation and the temple, the second temple, after the first temple, the temple of Solomon, was destroyed. This was a giant task. There was a lot of issues that he had to go through in order to, be, to, 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 to uh, start the process and to finish the process of the temple being built. And I love the fact that it says right here, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So we go back to the beginning and remember the spirit and the anointing is connected. So when you are giving a hard, a challenging, a, tribula a tribulating task, it's your anointing that's going to draw the spirit to give you the power, whether that be emotional, mental, spiritual, or physical power to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. This is why it's so important because guess what? God just don't put us in easy situations a lot of times. Have you, have you, have you learned that about God? How many of you like that about God? No, I don't like that about God. I have, uh, now, used to not so much anymore. I used to see it in four-year four year increments. It's like about every four years, uh, I would be given a really hard ministry task. And because I was anointed for that ministry, I knew I could depend on the Holy Spirit to back me up and to empower me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to finish the task that God had called me to. I've also said yes to some things I shouldn't have said yes to, and I realized I was not anointed for this task, and it was just horrible, and it was miserable, and uh, I bailed out as soon as I could. But this is my point. The anointing leads to the empowering of the Holy Spirit, and the combo of those two things in your life can enable you to do what you cannot do on your own. Let's move to the third, two types of anointing. I'm trying to rush right here so I don't, I don't, I don't over, over, overkeep you today. So there is the abiding anointing, and then there is the empowering anointing. The abiding anointing is the anointing of God that is with you on a daily basis. It can teach you, it can lead you, it can convict you, it can create awareness for you, it can remind you. Let me uh, read you a verse. I'm going to have to explain it real briefly so you don't take it out of context. 1 John 2, 26 and 27 says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. This information is very key because it gives us, gives us a reasoning for what he's about to say. 
But the anointing which you have received from him, God, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So there's a couple of things that we get right here. Number one, the anointing of God on your life can teach you, lead you, guide you. This is not to say that we don't need teaching in church or we don't need teaching from one of the five offices of ministry, okay? So John was, was uh, specifically uh, bringing out the conflict that who he was writing to was dealing with deceptive people. There was people amongst them that was trying to deceive them trying to teach them something weird and crazy. And John wrote in the context of them dealing with deceivers. And John was saying, hey, you have the anointing. You don't need their teaching. Does that make sense? The Bible does not contradict itself because the Bible teaches us that some of us are teachers. And Jesus was a teacher. We see that Paul, the greatest apostle, was an apostolic teacher. But yet... It lets us know that the anointing will teach us. The anointing will lead us. The anointing will guide us when we are lacking improper resources for proper teaching. They were lacking uh, uh, proper resources. They had people that was trying to deceive them, trying to give them a, a, a false or a phony word. And John was trying to encourage them and be like, hey, you, you, don't, you don't need that joker. You don't need that deceiver. They're just trying to make one over on you. You've got the anointing, and in this time in your life, you depend on the anointing, and you just forget about that phony. Does that make sense? So we have a daily anointing. It's God's blessing. It's God's concentration on, consecration on our life. It leads us. It guides us. It helps us. It, it creates awareness for us. And then we have the empowering anointing. And the empowering, empowering anointing is basically what we're called to. It's when, it's when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit and we have the power to do whatever it is we're called to do or what needs to be done. Some of you that have walked with the Lord in a deep way, I guarantee you, you have experienced God using you in a capacity that maybe you're not really called to. Because the need arose. Sometimes you can be with people and just the need arises. They need a touch from God. They need a word from God. They need a prayer. They need an encouragement. And out of nowhere, you can sense the Holy Spirit come upon you. Because you are an anointed child of God. And you can be empowered by God to do something that maybe you're not technically gifted with, but for the moment you are empowered by to make a change in somebody else's life. Does that make sense? But in order for that to happen, we got to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hands that's willing to work, feet that's willing to go, and a heart that's willing to receive. Amen? To rise up and say, yes, Lord, just use me how you need me. But then we have the anointing, the empowering anointing that is based off of what I said earlier, 
our, our just natural talents and our supernatural giftings. Number four, the world and the church needs it. The world needs anointed men and women. Isaiah 10, 27 says this. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Think about this. Now, Isaiah is prophesying in the context of Israel being uh, cap- uh, they were captured by the Assyrians. The, the Assyrians were known to be absolutely brutal. They were one of the most brutal of peoples when it came to how they treated prisoners, how they treated uh, other people that they defeated. They were known for their brutality. They were known to be experts when it came to war, when it came to the tools of war. And Israel was captured by Assyria. And God told Israel that they're going to go through this because, of they, because Israel turned their back on God. Long story short. And we come to this prophecy, and this prophecy from Isaiah is telling Israel that the anointing is going to destroy the yoke that Assyria has up on you. Now, we have a literal truth right here that, that was for Israel, but we have a, 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 a very powerful spiritual principle that is for us. So Israel truth becomes our principles. So the principle for us is that the anointing of, of, of God that is accompanied by the power of the Holy Ghost cannot just loosen, not take, uh, uh, take off, but has the potential of absolutely destroying a yoke. A yoke was a device of control that was, as a lot of you know, uh, that, that was used for cattle or other types of livestock. And God is saying in Scripture that the anointing, because the Holy Spirit accompanies the anointing, and the Bible says in Acts 1-8, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. So the anointing and the Spirit work hand in hand. When God anoints you and the Holy Ghost empowers you, you got the potential to destroy yokes. Yokes around your family. Yokes around strangers. Yokes around the communities. The Bible says that there is principalities of darkness in the land. Wasco, Shafter, has a principality of darkness that, 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 that has been assigned to this place. But guess what? The Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke, the yoke of the principalities of darkness, the yoke of the domains of demonic activity, the yokes of bondage. But you and I have to know we are anointed and be willing to be anointed by God so that with the power of the Holy Ghost, we can destroy the yokes of bondage for the people in the world, people in the church, our families, and even ourselves. Amen? The anointing destroys yokes. It is so important. It's so important. 
If you want a spiritual experience, recognize, embrace, and seek the anointing that God has for you. You want to be used by God with power? Recognize, seek, and embrace the anointing that God has for you. They go hand in hand. You or I will not have a consistent, and the key is consistent, you and I will not consistently be used by the Holy Ghost or experience the power of the Holy Ghost working through us if we do not seek, know, seek, and receive the anointing of God Almighty. Because His Spirit goes, what he, goes with what He anoints. It was that way for Jesus. And if that's the way for Jesus, guess what? It's going to be that way for us. Jesus, we, 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 we get a little glimpse, right, of Jesus when he was 12 years old. The revelation and the wisdom that he spoke, of, spoke as a child in the temple. Remember, he ran away from his parents. They was in a caravan heading back home, and he found his way in the temple. And in the temple, he blew people's mind by the knowledge that he had. That was an anointing. That was the Spirit of God in his life, okay? So just that little bit of information uh, shows us that there was potential and there was occurrences to where the Spirit of God worked through Jesus prior to him stepping into his called ministry at 30 years of age. But in order to go deeper, in order to be more powerful, and in order for him to be who God called him to be, he declared it over, over himself in Luke 4 when he stepped into the temple. And he basically read what Isaiah prophesied. I would love to have seen the face on all the religious people there. And Jesus declared over himself, The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. If, if that was a requirement for Jesus, that's going to be a requirement for you and I. Know your anointing. Experience his power. Period. Now, that, that's my closer for today. Next week, we're going to talk about how to receive the anointing. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.